I always think about the, the principle of stewardship, stewarding relationships. I like to say everything in the kingdom is is relational. And and so I think even him being featured on that song, it's something there's something to be said about stewarding relationships and uh, you just never know what God's going to do. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio. Hosts James Curtis talk to artists and industry insiders to discover the connection between music and faith. You can connect with the show at faithstrongtoday.com slash between the grooves or via Twitter at between grooves. Episode 224, welcome to Between the Grooves. It's your look at music, ministry, and everything in between with today's top Christian artists. Grab your coffee or tea and join in. He was signed to Goatee Records just as the pandemic was hitting. Richland is our guest today. We'll find out about his musical journey, if the pandemic affected his career plans, talk musical styles, and a whole bunch more. Here's Richland on Between the Grooves. I guess first off, can you tell us a little bit about how music started for you in your life? Did you grow up in a musical family or is it something that you picked up in school or what happened? Yeah, I I love that question because uh, it it always brings me back to uh, growing up listening to my dad play music. My dad uh, was super musical. To this day, still plays the steel guitar. Oh, nice! Uh, the, nice. The, the pedals, the pedal steel, not like a dobro lap, you yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, guitar, but but I played a Deckley steel guitar, and so I grew up on everything country music, and so I was around that, and just fell in love with it. My dad taught me how to play, you know, four chords on a guitar, and then it was just kind of off to the races after that. So I was always around music, you know, whether it was my dad or church my mom was my youth pastor and so she you know when, once i was uh, of age so to speak whatever that means i started leading worship uh you know at our local youth group so i would i was always around music and when i think yeah, i love that question because it just takes me back to that period of time where um you're young and mm-hmm. uh just you know so many memories associated uh, with mom and dad and, and music. I'm not going to hold the country music against you, just so you know. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because I, I have so many friends, they feel the same way about country music, but it's really, I grew up on a ranch. And so when I hear certain songs from the 90s, it takes me back to being at a branding with my dad, you know, bringing a hot iron to my dad as he's branding calves or being in the truck feeding calves in the winter. And so when I hear certain songs, again, it just takes me back to my childhood. So I can't hate on country music because it was a literal part of my childhood. But I get it. I totally get it. I, I don't really hate on it. I, I will say my first radio job, um, of all things, was at a country radio station. So um, there's that, you know. And, and that's nice. me That's me going into it, not really listening to country music and now having to play the stuff. It was kind of... Here you go, in your face, you know, whether you like it or not, here's what you're doing. So yeah. I, I got very familiar with the artists and, and got to chat with a few of them. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's, it's not all bad. I guess the era for me was um, it was just before the transition to, quote unquote, the new country, which is 
you know, just more of a pop sound. And so I was actually working at a radio station that wasn't playing that new sound much yet. And uh, so it was, oh, the Oak Ridge Boys and, you know, all. all, I mean, that's the first name that comes to mind. There was a a Clint Black and and all those other guys. So Right. um, and, And I don't, you know, remember any of the songs. Um, I had to do a I, what forced me to to get familiar with the music was I had to do a feature every day and it was six songs, six songs by an artist and it usually was you know new album or, or new music that they'd come out with and so it was kind of a um, a little story you know talking you know play six songs back to back it was called the six pack um, so that's you know country music six pack you know that sort of thing right right and uh, and so you know it was uh, three songs a commercial break and then three songs and you'd have to talk about the songs or talk about the artists or whatever else so it kind of forced me doing that on a daily basis it forced me to get familiar with the artists and make sure I pronounced their name correctly and and uh, and everything else so my my dad's band was named after Clint Black's big song called Killing Time. Oh yeah. So Killing Time was my dad's band. So, you know, you, you mentioned Clint Black. That he was a staple in our house, man, for years. Yeah, right, a staple. I like the way you say that, you know. <laughs> you gotta have the potatoes, but no, we got we got Clint Black. That's right. That's yeah. right. Did you? So you grew up listening to country music. Uh, I guess you enjoy country to a certain extent because it's not really your style of music. Yeah, you know, I I grew up. I, I'd say when I the air the the uh, the times I guess is the best way to say it, that I would listen to country music would be in the truck with my dad uh, on the school bus. On my way to school, we were bused 35 minutes to school one way, and there was only one radio station that we had access to, and that was uh, a local station that was about an hour and a half away. And then, obviously, just listening to my dad play music. But I grew up on, uh, obviously, everything CCM. And then I was an athlete, and so I would, you know, I'd, I'd smuggle you know, hip hop records into the house without mm. mom and dad knowing it. And, uh, and they do now, like, they do now, <laughs> they do now. The cat is out of the bag. Yeah. So, but so no, I, I, I like to say I grew up on everything, but in my house I was, I was allowed to listen to CC and, uh, and country music. Well, your parents can't be upset at you if you're listening to Christian music, right? No, no. <laughs> right. So you just, Mom, it's Christian. It's a Christian song. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's exactly right. So where did that transition to uh, recording music, I guess, recording music and ultimately getting signed to Goatee Records? Yeah. So I, I've been in the local church serving on staff for over 10 years and as a worship pastor slash associate pastor. And so I would write songs um, for years you know, for the church to sing. Uh, and But I, I grew up about an hour and a half from a guy named Ryan Stevenson. Never so heard of him. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. Right. Never heard of him. So I grew up in a little town called Paisley. He grew up in a town called Bonanza. And when I was 12, we met at a church camp every summer and he's about six years older than me so i was a camper and he was a he was like a a camp cook you know slash cabin leader at that time right but we just stayed in touch and he was constantly writing songs in fact he went to school in eugene oregon with guys like sean mcdonald 
mm-hmm. Paul Wright. There was a bunch of Eugene boys that were super musical. Matt Carney was kind of a part of that crew. And uh, we just stayed in touch, great friends. And, and while he was, I believe it was when he was between BEC and Goatee, I just started sending him songs. And we stayed in touch that way. Long story short, he gets signed to Goatee. And it was just a few years ago, uh, really, when he took a few of my songs to the team, showed them to our A&R guy, showed them to Toby at Goatee, and uh, the rest is history. Is it ultimately Toby's decision who gets signed? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you know, other people, you know, can can show music, but Toby's the boss, you know, so. um, Because he must he must get lots of stuff sent his way. And he's a busy guy as it is. Um, and if you look at the roster that Goatee has, it's it's quite diverse, isn't it? Very much so. But that's that's the beauty of Goatee. You know, they've always kind of had an independent streak to them. And uh, I grew up, I mean, I grew up listening to everything Goatee. So from Reliant K to Sonic Flood, Jason Upton, Jennifer Knapp. I, so I just, I loved Goatee to begin with. And they've always been super eclectic, you know, with the roster and the different acts that they've partnered with. And so I just think that's kind of the uh, the spirit of, of the label. If you could collaborate with any artist other than Ryan, of course, and, and, and it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody with Goatee, who would it be? Not someone, just anybody, huh? Yeah, wow, yeah anybody. Does, because a lot of times you see these collaborations happen within a label, right? And and that's fairly easy to do, right? I'm I'm talking sure. about somebody that's you know with another label, perhaps, uh, where yeah. it's sometimes a little bit more difficult to coordinate stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'd I'd have to say that maybe a couple, you know, maybe uh, Sonny from Pod. Mm-hmm. I was a big Pod fan. Um. Man, that's a that's a great question. I'd 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 have to think about that. Uh, as far as maybe a goatee alum, I'd probably say grits. Get, get the mm-hmm. boys back and get them on something. But uh, you know, those are the two I can think of off the top of my head. I I was thinking you were going to say something like like uh, Zach Williams or something. Zach's great. Yeah. No, Zach Zach's awesome. Yeah. Uh, or or what about uh, what about Kane? They're great. I mean, they're a great young group. I love that they're siblings. Yeah. You know, what a cool story. You don't you don't see that every day. And they're pretty down to earth, too. We've had them on the show and, well, Zach as well and a bunch of others. And, in fact, we, believe it or not, spoke with Ryan Stevenson a few years back. So um, we'll get him back as well and see what he really thinks about you. That's right. <laughs> he won't hold back, man. He won't <laughs> hold back. So I guess uh, you can credit him for getting you introduced to Goatee Records then. Oh, 100%. 100%. Whose idea was it to do the collaboration on... The, the song that we started playing on the radio here in Toronto was Love Like Thunder. And, Thank you, by the way. Oh, no problem. A lot of times, because I'm also the music director, so a lot of times it's brand or name recognition. So sure. the fact that you know it's Love Like Thunder by Richland featuring Ryan Stevenson, well, that perks my interest right away versus mm-hmm. featuring somebody I've never heard of before, right? And right, I, and I right. think that's brilliant the way record labels or artists, uh, especially a new artist, uh, comes to the table and, and uh, presents themselves that way. 
uh, because it's it's again that brand recognition. It's a lot easier to get recognized by a radio station or by just the general listener when they when they see a name they recognize already. A hundred percent. No, I, I I think one it was it was is smart. You know, to what you were alluding to, but two having the history that he and I had together, I think we were both, I just think it was in a conversation where we thought, you know what, how, how cool would it be for our first single, first release, uh, at least to radio, you know, if we were on this together. And so, and you know, I think whenever I think about our story, how it's intertwined, I always think about the, the principle of stewardship stewarding relationships i like to say everything in the kingdom is is relational and and so i think even him being featured on that song it's something there's something to be said about stewarding relationships and uh you just never know what god's going to do with certain relationships and so um you know i always love to reference i think it's first corinthians 4 or second corinthians 4 paul says he's a steward of the mysteries of christ and i just think it's such a beautiful thing when we can all take inventory of of certain relationships and know, hey, if if, if we steward these, um, whether it's you know, there's going to be breakthrough for us, breakthrough for them. God God does things through relationships, mm-hmm. so I like to encourage people, man, steward steward the relationships that God's given you because you never know what He's going to do. I guess my comment to that is I understand what you're saying with steward the relationships, but don't abuse the relationship because a a lot of people might think, well, you know, if I were in your shoes, I'd be, you know, Ryan, let's do do this for me. Right. And 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 that's right. It's a one way thing, you know. Right. And that's to to steward a relationship. It's just that it's a relationship. You know, you're God knit the heart of David and Jonathan. And so when you're connected at a heart level and you love one another and you're intentional and communicating and that's relational. The the other one is more of a transactional relationship that you would refer to. And I think we're all discerning enough to to know the difference. And uh, well, I think we know the difference. I don't think we necessarily um and keep the difference in mind. <laughs> I've no got a, doubt. I've got a friend of mine who works in the car business. He's a service manager, and uh, like he's a good friend of mine. And I will call him to see how he's doing. Whereas I know there's other people that call him whenever they have a problem with their car. Right. Right. Yep. There you go. And That's and it. that that just bothers me because he's a busy guy, yep. and uh, they only call him when they have a problem, and they're they're expecting a deal. And my thought is, you know, that's that's just a one way relationship. It's not really that's a relationship. Right. It's just a one way, whatever you want to call it. You know. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yep. It's good. So, it's good. Um, how does it feel to uh, already have been nominated for a Dove Award? <laughs> yeah, you know that was fun. It was it was pretty wild uh the the fun thing i my team didn't even know in fact uh somebody said hey you should i think you were nominated for a duff award and i checked it out and sure enough i was so i was the one that broke the news to my team to oh, yeah. management and label and generally it's the other way around but uh yeah it was obviously a great honor um and uh you know pretty surreal your label must have been embarrassed if it was you that brought it to them <laughs> I mean, really, you know, I think it was like a group text that I sent out to my management and uh, my label saying, hey, did, did we just get nominated? And, uh, you know, a few minutes later, oh, my. Yeah. Good night. We did. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I just like to be, a, you know, the person who's in charge of monitoring that sort of stuff. I'd like to see the look <laughs> on his face. You know, <laughs> it's like, oh, I should have caught that. You know, did you notice it yourself or someone told you? 
I believe someone told me. <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I live I live out in the mountains of Central Oregon, so I'm not you know in the well that that's a good bubble, excuse. The industry bubble, so to speak. So I get to you know get my hands dirty with my kids out here in, in the dirt and play and yeah. And, uh, so uh, it's kind of refreshing, you know. How often so do you get to Nashville, where the the hub of the music industry seems to be happening? I'm back there. I'm back there quite often. I'm back there quite often. So um, there's not a direct flight from Central Oregon to Nashville, Tennessee. So it's a full day, you know, travel, and we do roll out there. Uh, but I'm I'm back there on a frequent, regular basis. That's a that's a long trip. It is, man. It's I a was long one for sure. I was just looking on the weekend. Uh, you know, my wife and I. You know, now that things are opening up and and whatnot i'd love to go away somewhere and we actually had a trip booked and it got canceled because the airline said they're not they're not traveling on certain days and the the trip was booked on that particular day so i got my money back which is great but you know i'd still like to go away somewhere so on the weekend i was just scrolling as people do on their phones and uh Years and years ago, I went on a mission trip to Argentina, and it's just a beautiful country. The people are beautiful, mm. and I thought, wouldn't it be nice to go there just a, on a spur-of-the-moment trip? And I was looking online, and uh, it's a, like it's a full day. There's no direct flight there either. Uh, you're taking at least two flights, and the, the right. changeover, the crossover is like hours in between. Like it's a full day, and I'm thinking, you know, if you only have a, a week or two to to book for a vacation, it's it's if you're going to spend a day traveling there and a day back, it's kind of a bummer. But yeah, it's one of these things where if, if it's a long trip, you got to do what you got to do. So I don't think I'm going to be doing that trip, but I'd like to do the Nashville <laughs> thing one day, and I think that's a direct flight. So oh yeah, good. You got to take advantage of that. Yeah. You, do you go down with your family? I shouldn't say down, but do you go with your family? Uh, my wife's been out. I haven't got my kids out there yet. You know, they're still really young. Right. And so, but uh, eventually we'll get them all out there and they'll get the, the Southern experience. How young is young for your kids? So I have nine, eight, six, and three. So, so we're up. are they at the age now where they're appreciating music and have their favorites? They love music. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, they're making noise all day long, <laughs> whether it be on the piano or guitar right. uh, or just having music blare. We got our, we got our kids a radio. And so they, their radio is blasting uh, in the bedroom uh, nonstop. So yeah, they're, they, uh, they're all about music, man. So m- maybe that's the trip when you do go to Nashville is try and try and coordinate get togethers with some of their favorite artists just to make it yeah, no a doubt. nice trip for them, you know? No doubt. Just takes a little bit of coordination, but I mean, it's it's worth it to see the their facial expression. I, I remember going to a music festival and took my kids along, took my wife and kids along, and uh, I had to introduce somebody to the stage. So I had access to backstage, and uh, I took my kids back there. And um, I think it was uh, my daughter wanted to meet Brit Nicole. But um, the timing didn't work out because of security and everything else. But uh, I went back there. I was introducing Danny Goki to the stage. And I remember uh, at, I remember distinctly um, uh, we had been communicating back and forth, messaging back and forth. And, and I'd said, you know, let's get together or something. And he didn't respond. When I was there, he was there a couple of days after I showed up. And um, I said, let's get together for a coffee or something like that. 
and he never responded. And then when I went onto the stage, uh, I was backstage, he's back there, he's got his in-ears and he's testing his mic. So I thought, okay, I'm not going to bug him right now. So I go to introduce him and while I'm introducing him, my phone is buzzing in my pocket. And when I get off stage, it was him texting me back while I was introing him and he'd already finished his <laughs> check on his mic. He says, yeah, meet me backstage afterwards. So I was able to take my kids back and, you know, they were, you know, that was kind of second best for my daughter. She wanted to meet, oh, I love you know, uh, Britt Nicole, but she got Danny Goki. She got a picture and then he was busy and I forgot to get a picture with him and my son and my son was pretty ticked off at me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm sure you made it up to him. Uh, I thought probably about him, an ice cream or something like that. You know, right. that that's right. good enough for him. You know, anything food. Dude. So, I oh, love it. So, how often do you get out on the road to to do concerts and stuff? Well, I mean, you know, I was I was released uh, as a as a new artist in the midst of the pandemic. Yeah, and yeah. so everything was really shut down in 2020. We had a fall run last year with Ryan Stevenson and Tasha Layton, which was great to be able to get out and, and connect with people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we're just, you know, continuing to put stuff together. So we have a song on radio right now, um, that, that just went out. And, um, and so we're, we're still, uh, we're still trying to get after it. Man. The, the pandemic was definitely a setback career wise for many people. Did it affect yours? Like, did you guys have plans in place for where, you were headed as an artist and what I guess over the last couple of years what did you do differently because of that uh, you know I, I get that question all the time and I I look at it one is you know God makes all things work for the good of those that love him and are, and are called according to his purpose and to me I had at the time a uh, a two-year-old little girl so our first three are boys and then we and then we finally got the the caboose the princess you know we're done and so to have that time at home with her at that age was just really really special because mm-hmm. they grow so fast and so and i was also on staff at a local church at the time so i always tell people that first year uh there were things that were obviously unfortunate about the year and it was tough for so many people but for us it was just a beautiful time for us to really just uh, plant roots as far as spending time together as a family, watch my kids grow. You, you, you know, as a parent, they grow so fast. And oh, especially yeah. at that age, it was such a, a beautiful time for us to really just enjoy time together as a family. So I don't look at that as a season lost right, or time lost. And, and so, I believe, man, I believe God redeems he redeems the time and uh, and seasons, and so we're just really excited uh, for what lies ahead. Yeah, I recall for myself um, when I was out of radio. So I was in radio. I got out of radio for a number of years, and then got back in again. When I was out of radio, I was working for a company, and we had just secured um, a big contract in Montreal with a big aerospace um, manufacturer, and. Uh, we were basically ready to go live selling them stuff, and then 9-11 hit. Mm. And, uh, of course, that impacted the airline industry. All the flights right. were canceled for, for a few days, and then even after that, you know, things slowly started climbing forward. And, you know, I people were asking me, so how did that affect business? And and I looked at it and said, well, didn't actually affect business because we didn't have that business yet. We hadn't started doing business. So 9-11 hits and then we start doing business. Well, that's all new business for us. So we we did very, very well 
right? Mm, <laughs> because it was yeah. all something we didn't, you know, enjoy. But now if we had started doing business six months earlier and we were enjoying that level of business for six months and then 9-11 hit, well, yeah, that would have impacted right. us. But this was all right. new business for us. So it That's didn't right. impact us. And so for, for you and your career, um, you know, you getting signed in the middle of a pandemic, really it's it's not affecting you as much as perhaps people at the label and what can they do differently and how can they market their people and market their artists and and try to line up you know concerts and stuff it might have been a good thing because you're probably not going as frantic or as busy as you know right out of the gate than you would have no doubt right um if if the no pandemic doubt. didn't hit so yeah that, that's that, right like you said you got to spend time with your family and stuff and um you know, a lot of people look at the pandemic as a negative thing. I think it's, you know, and there are a lot of negative aspects, but there's there's some positives out of it all too, right? Uh, you know, That's right. people changing their priorities, changing priorities with family and church and whatever else, you know? Right. That's so, right. I agree. I didn't, uh, I still had to go into work every day. And uh, I, I was sharing, I got uh, asked by a church that I used to attend, I got asked to do a career thing with them, um, uh, being interviewed on camera about my career and, and trying to encourage kids to, you know, pursue what, whatever they want to pursue. And, and um, one of the things, uh, I mean, first of all, I, I said to him, do what you want to do, like, like, do what you enjoy doing, otherwise it's going to be work and you won't enjoy uh, doing it. But I, I said in that same interview, I was a little jealous. Like they asked me the, the pandemic question, like, how did it affect you? And it didn't affect me in one way because I was still going to work every day, right? I still had to show up and do the morning show. Um, but it did affect me in another way. I felt very um, annoyed and upset that my coworkers got to stay home. <laughs> sure. Right? Like I was the only right. guy at the radio station, but they get to stay home so they don't have to commute. So they've saved themselves X amount of dollars or, or X amount of time in commute time, but they've also saved themselves in gas. And I still had all those expenses. I would have loved to stay home. So I was a little ticked off about that. But, sure. but you know, in hindsight, I got to go to work every day, right? Right. You know, right. And, I, and I, you know, it was quiet at work. I didn't have anybody bugging me and stuff. And I got to do my job and do, the, do it to the best of my ability. So there's, there's positive and negatives. But I think uh, if you can take a situation like the pandemic and, and see what positive came out of it and for your career, I, it might have been the best thing for you. That's right. That's right. No, that's, that's, uh, that's good. Have you got uh, gigs and concerts planned for the summer? Uh, we're booking right now. Yeah. We're booking right yeah. now. So, well, things are things are definitely optimistic. Um, and are are you like? I guess the the big thing in the summertime is all the summer festivals, right? Yeah, summer summer festivals, and then we also have you know there's different radio events, um, you know that are lined up right now, and so we're uh, the the summer will be full for sure. Yeah. And will your family get to join you on some of that stuff or? We're going to try. We're going to try, man. So it's always it's always a haul, you know, when you have a family of six on uh, the opposite side of the country. But but uh, we'll try to get out together. Yeah. The nice sure. the nice thing about a lot of the summer festivals is that it will happen at sometimes happen at a amusement park of some sort. Right. And when you do the, take the family along, there's their entertainment. They may not want to see you in concert, but they'll they'll go on all the roller coasters, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yes, sir. The only problem with that, of course, is that your wife stuck with the kids the whole time while you're doing sound check. 
<laughs> right? That's right. Yeah. Well, she's she's the one with the full time job. That's for sure. She's stay at home mom. She homeschools as well. Yeah. And so she's uh, she's a legend, man. Yeah. I don't know if I could ever do that. It takes a grace. It takes a special grace for sure. Yeah. And and to see them all day long, you know, like for right? some parents. Uh, we've, you know, uh, just recently finished up what what's called March break in Canada, where the kids are off for a week. Um, it's like spring break, I guess, for uh, for college and university university students. And uh, and a lot of times you'll hear the parents complaining midway through it, where it's like, oh, I can't wait for them to go back to school again. I need the break. And <laughs> your wife doesn't get that luxury, does she? Right. Nope. She's she's in the trenches so to speak with them every day but again she she loves it she knew that's what she wanted to do uh when we first got married and so she's she's uh and she's great at it and the kids the kids love being home uh, the homeschool piece of it all which is you know which is pretty great something that you have said uh and i'll just quote it here and this is part of a larger quote but i'm just going to take the one sentence here is I want to create something that is synergistic with reaching people in their 20s and people in their 50s. How, how, yes. how do you go about doing that? That is a huge spread. Yeah, I mean, music's beautiful, right? At, at the end of the day, uh, communication is connection. Music is connecting with people. And I I grew up on such a, um, you know, a, a eclectic uh, sound, so to speak, uh, that I, one, want to engage the different uh, genres that I grew up listening to. Mm-hmm. But two, I, I believe that God is a, he has a heart for the generations. And I believe, you know, when, when there's a generational synergy, when we have a mind for each and every demographic, if it's authentic, uh, in an artist or in a person, then, then I think it's great to try to craft music that's going to engage and appeal, uh, to everyone. So I, you know, if you listen, if you listen to a Richland record, which we'll have, we'll have a full record coming out this fall, you're going to hear everything from hip hop, pop to pop country to stuff that you would, you know, hear on CCM radio. And mm-hmm. so, um, at the end of the day, it's really I, I love music because it gives us an opportunity to uh, trumpet the knowledge of God, who He is, who we are in Him, and so and and I and I believe we need to, as artists, have uh, a heart to also write for the younger generation, um, mm-hmm. and so that's you know I'd li- I'd like to think that's part of our mission is uh, is to try to reach as many people. Uh, as possible. I like when albums come out and there's every song sounds completely different. Like you mentioned all the different uh, genres within the CCM genre uh, that's going to be on the album. It, it kind of reminds me of Queen, mm. mm-hmm. right? Where where the album, like you listen to every track and it's like every track is completely different and brilliantly done. Um and I found, and I mentioned this briefly uh, once uh, in the last little bit about uh, crossover music. Like, there's so much crossover happening right now, just within the CCM genre. Like, whether right. it's whether it's um, you know, like a pop, um, hip hop to country, or or the pop to gospel, 
You know, there's mm-hmm. there's just tons mm-hmm. of that happening right now. So, what would you define as your genre? You know, I, I'll I'll answer that question by saying that I, I love being a part of a label whose boss has never been afraid to put out different genres, different soundscapes. You know, if you listen to Toby's records over the last 10 years, you're going to hear reggae. Mm -hmm. You're going to hear rock. You're going to hear R&B, obviously hip hop with the early days. So I feel like Toby has given an entire generation of younger artists permission to go ahead and not just quote unquote write for radio. And so if you, again, if you listen to a Richland record, you're, you're going to hear, you won't hear reggae, but you'll hear pop, you'll hear <laughs> rock. Uh, and obviously I grew up uh, in, you know, in the middle of nowhere, you know, cattle country. So, you, you know, you'll, you'll hear like a nod, you know, to, to uh, country music, but you'll hear everything from hip hop to country. And so, cause that's just what's indigenous to me. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, uh, we had some family friends. They're still family friends that uh, that had a farm, and I loved visiting the farm because we got to play in the haystacks and build forts, and it was just totally different from the city life. And I remember when they came to visit us, um, I didn't, as a friend and as a family friend, I didn't have much to offer them. Um, I was just a kid, but, you know, what do you do? Like, well, let's go ride our bikes and go to the park or something like that. It was nothing like the fun that we had at the farm. They called mm-hmm. us They called us city slickers, and, and I took offense <laughs> to that. Have, have you? Is that what you call people that live outside of your community? Do you call them city slickers? No, no. I mean, you know, now we – uh, we live in a smaller town, but it's, I mean, we oh, have. So, so you're a city slicker now. Now, well, I wouldn't say we're in a big city. We're in a city <laughs> of a population of about 2000 people, but oh, we okay. do have access to a coffee shop and, uh, oh. you know, there, there's a McDonald's 20 minutes away where I grew up. Uh, we were a hundred miles from a Costco or so we would, we would travel. My mom would travel two times a month. 100 miles one way just to get groceries and uh but yeah so no and anybody that uh came in from the outside they definitely look like billy crystal you know <laughs> daniel stern from city slickers for sure yeah yeah that's a day trip going to costco i guess eh? <laughs> yes yes we we uh we spent a lot of money uh costco growing up so i mean we'd, my mom would bring back you know six gallons of milk and just uh you know, a, a van load full of food. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was always an exciting time being able to go unload the food. You know, when mom finally got back to Summer Lake, Costco. And you said that was a couple of times a month? Twice a month. Yes, sir. Twice a month. Yeah. I know everybody's got different shopping habits. And like my wife is the type of person. Now we live in the city uh, or a suburb of Toronto. And uh, uh, like she, she could shop every day. You know, like, oh, something's on sale. I'm sure. just going to swing by and pick it up. And so at the end of the week, it's like she's been to, you know, five different stores. Uh, and then she's exhausted. No, I'm not going to another store. I don't have any more money to spend or whatever. And that yet I know of other people that just do not go to the grocery store. I mean, it might be on sale or whatever else, uh, but they do their shopping like clockwork, like every two weeks or twice a month. Or I've heard of some people just, you know, they shop once a month, they get all their stuff, they load up the van and then they come back. And then, you know, obviously it's slim pickings near the end of the four week period right before they have to shop again. 
but that's <laughs> that's just the way they budget their money. I just find that really odd because I'm so used to my right. wife going every every other day. Oh, right. meat's on right. sale. I'm going to pick up some meat today. And yeah. oh, bananas. They got bananas on sale. I'm going to pick up some bananas. Just like on the spur of the moment. I, I could never do that. I'm the planner. I'm the guy that, you know, will do all the research and plan and stuff. And then on this particular day, that's when I'm going to get all my stuff. Get it done all all done over with in one day, you know? No, I, I love it. No, that's and that's generally how we would think we would roll. But then we had three boys that are starting to eat us out of house and home. Oh, yeah. So they've kind of scrapped all of our plans. And so we're constantly making uh, food runs. It gets but, worse. Uh, it gets worse it. as they get bigger. <laughs> I, I, well, hey, I remember how much I ate my brother ate. So I know we're, we're bracing ourselves, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I remember when I was a kid, and I don't know how my mom did it because uh, I remember I took my my I took my lunch to school and ate at school a lot of times. And honestly, I think I had four sandwiches that I packed up. Wow, four sandwiches! Like that's like two slices of bread times four. Yeah, and that's, and that was and I was still hungry after that. You know, like. <laughs> it's all that carb loading man yeah so you you think of a loaf of bread i mean that would last and then and, and i was one of three other kids can you and we were all around the same age so i just can wow. imagine what my mom spent on groceries and stuff right and, and milk and all that other stuff you know that stuff gets pricey after a while that's right yeah that's right so anyways a little off topic but uh what can i say <laughs> so tell us about this new album that you got on the way this fall yes yeah, so we have a single out right now uh called good mood and then we'll be releasing a uh, you know a full project this fall and um again super eclectic you know it does uh, every every song i wouldn't say every song sounds different but um really excited about the project uh, I think for me, it's always about what I'm trying to say and communicate. Uh, for you, you know, for years, I thought I was going to <clears throat> be a pastor and a preacher, and so for me, music is just a beautiful vehicle for me to to write something that is burning on my heart, so to speak. And so excited about this record, excited about the single that's out right now uh, called "Good Mood." It's really just about uh, the finish work message that paul preached uh that set me free continues to set me free every time uh, i get into the epistles and so um you know the the rest of the record will be an extension of that and then uh, other things that uh you know i'm passionate about right now the the record itself where are you at with it like is everything already recorded and just you know ready to be mastered or are you you know sitting on it or or you're still recording no we're, we're we're still we're still working on it you know we're about nine nine ten songs deep you know that we really like and and feel you know really excited about but uh but we're still yeah stuff still needs to be mixed and yeah and still in the you know the process of of uh trying to add you know a couple more and are you when you record do you go to nashville for that or do you record tracks closer by and just send them off to to somebody at the label and they they do the rest or what I had, yeah, well, for, you know, the last few years, I've had a buddy here with me in Central Oregon where we would write and build together. And he just moved out to uh, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And so, but he still, I'll get an idea and he'll start to work on it. And then I'll, I'll jump out, you know, to Tennessee and cut a vocal. So, um, so that's, that's kind of how our rhythm works. Right. A lot of artists end up moving 
uh, to Tennessee. Are, are, do you see that ever happening with your family? You know, at, at the end of the day, our priority is to be together. And so we understand that that's, that's where the industry is, but man, we, we just love central Oregon. I've been all around uh, the U S map and there's not another place in space like central Oregon is just so beautiful and, mm. and uh, also growing up out here. So we just have an affinity and uh, for the area and would love to raise our kids out here. So my answer to that is one day at a time. Yeah. And so we'll just, we'll see. It's always tough with kids anyways, because they get their friends, they get their, you know, the things they're used to. And, uh, and it, I mean, I suppose from a sense that they're homeschooled is it makes it easier but it's still tough, you know, at, you know, for, for my wife and I, I would love to live somewhere south where it's warm and hot all the time. My wife's originally from Guyana, so she likes okay. it warm. So when we get winters in Toronto, she just whines and complains and, and I'm pretty much with her and, and agreeing with her. And, and then she says, you know, when we got married, how come we didn't move somewhere south right from the start? Because now we have kids here and we've got responsibilities. It's so much harder to you know, right. uproot and go somewhere else, especially with right. their commitments in church and school and whatever else. No, I get it. I get it. And out here at Central Oregon, we get like 300 days of sunshine every I don't year. want to hear about it. I don't want to hear and about it. And it's not humid. You know, in the yeah. South, it's humid. So when it's hot, it's also wet and it's dry up here, which we love. So right. you, need well, to, you need to come on out and visit, man. I will take the humidity, though, over wind chill. Because in Toronto, in Canada, they talk about the temperature and then they say, but with the wind chill, it's this. And you just don't want to hear those numbers. Right, right. No, I get that. <laughs> I get that for sure. And then everybody says, oh, it's so nice that you get snow. Yeah, no, not really. No. <laughs> I'd rather be in shorts and sandals. Thank you. Right, right. <laughs> hey, listen, thanks so much for uh, chatting. It's been a pleasure. Like I said, we're going to try and get Ryan back anyways, and I'm going to ask him what he really thinks about you. But that's another Do story. It. <laughs> do it thank you have an awesome day okay you too brother take care hey many thanks to richland make sure you check out his website richlandmusic.com to find the links to his music events and social media before we go let's check in with andrew rip for some artist advice gosh this is a tough one because i really know what i want to say but i don't want to be mean well maybe i don't need to explain it maybe i just say it um I think I do need to explain it. There, I think Christian music should be the most inspired, fresh, incredible music in the world. We have a line in to the creator of the universe. So stop listening to other music that worked and creating a copy of it. Go to the Lord, get a word, and do what he says. That's it. It's as easy as that. Stop trying. Stop trying so hard. Go to the Lord, open your hands, and receive the gift. That's, that's really the, that's our job as believers. Wow, I like that. Stop trying to copy someone else. Be inspired. Be fresh. Hey, we'd love to hear your feedback. Be sure to leave us a rating, a question, or a comment wherever you're listening. Subscribe on your favorite app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. We'll let you know when new episodes drop. And be sure to follow at Between Grooves on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, have yourself an awesome day. <laughs>